It took me 40 years to start to understand my mental health. But if you ask me, that's better than 41. Looking back, I remember as a teenager being very anxious, but not being mature, or at least mature in the um, way of brain development or uh, emotional intelligence, I really didn't think about it. I thought it was normal. I did everything I could to hide it. I was a happy-go-lucky kid. That's how my parents would describe me as a teenager. Once I got to college, I continued that same behavior. I loved being the center of attention. I loved making people laugh. In high school, I actually won uh, funniest person in my senior awards, but once I got to college and I didn't have the luxury and security of being in my own house every night, the luxury and security of being able to talk to my twin brother every day, the luxury and security of not being able to be face-to-face with my mom or my dad, it became evident to me that something just wasn't right. So at 18 years old, almost 19, I decided for the first time in my life I wanted to go to therapy or I needed to go to therapy. And once a week for about nine weeks, I met with a therapist at our local health center at Clemson. I really didn't know what to expect And I can't really say I had any expectations. You know, people can say they have high or low expectations. I didn't have any expectations. I just figured I'd go in and somehow, some way, I would be cured of these feelings. Now, to put in perspective, the feelings I was having was of inadequacy, I was having feelings of being overwhelmed by situations. I couldn't sleep. Uh, My eating patterns were way off, and I felt like I had nobody to talk to. I was on a very good soccer team, surrounded by very good players, players who were the best in their state. And I was not performing like I thought I should. So this affected 
my dorm life, this affected my studies, this affected my mental health, this affected a lot of things. So I met with this person, I met with this doctor, and immediately it was eye-opening, refreshing, and just so great to be able to open up to somebody and to not feel judged. For most people, when you talk to them about how you're feeling, especially, and and I'll break it down, especially for men, and I'll break it down even more than that, especially for black men, when you tell people your feelings and they aren't, man, I'm feeling great, or I think I did this well, when your feelings are, I'm feeling down today, I'm feeling bad because of this, the normal reaction is just to almost invalidate those feelings and just say, hey, you'll get through it. You know, just next time. You know, there's no real listening skills. There's no real validation. And I'm not blaming the listener or I'm not blaming the friend because they don't know how to do it either. So I had somebody in front of me who was listening to what I was saying and validating my feelings. So what I want to talk about today is how to be a friend to somebody that may be going through something that constantly has anxiety, goes through bouts of depression, and comes to you with their feelings Or maybe they don't come to you with your feelings. This is something that you may notice from them. The biggest thing I would tell people is to validate somebody's feelings. Don't brush them off and don't say things will be better. Things will get better. If someone comes to you and says, hey, I've been having trouble sleeping at night. I've been ultra anxious about this. Then... Listen to them. You don't have to respond immediately. Just say, go on, tell me about your feelings. Explain it to me a little bit more. I can't tell you how many times in my life that I brought a feeling to a good friend or a feeling to a family member or a feeling to a teammate or a coach. And the immediate response was usually one of two things. The first one I already mentioned, where it is kind of brushing aside, hey man, you'll get through this. The second one is to automatically reverse the conversation and talk about what you did when you were in that situation. And I will use a sports example, but I might go to a teammate and say, hey, you know, coach has been riding me. I've been trying my best. I can't get this one thing and I know he's upset with me and man, I just, I don't know what to do. And and the immediate response would be, hey, well, I was going through this same thing with coach a few years ago and this is how I did it. Now, on paper, this might seem fine to most people and in certain situations, this is fine. But to somebody that struggles with anxiety, depression, any other sort of mental health issue, 
This can make them feel like their feelings are invalid. This can make them feel like what they are going through is not real. Hey, I just was open and honest with this person about how I felt, and they just forgot about this was about me and made it about them. Now, I know some people listening to this will think that's an exaggeration, but from a person who's gone through this, this is not an exaggeration. This increases my anxiety when I open up to somebody and immediately my words are dismissed and someone else talks about what they've gone through. Now, will this be useful in the future? Sure. If I've talked to you for a few minutes, if I talked to you for half an hour and we've discussed my feelings, we've discussed the things that make me feel the way I feel, and then at the end of a certain amount of time, I say, hey, you know, have you felt like this before? How have you dealt with it? And then if that person decides to give their story, that will make me feel good because that makes me think that they have been listening to me and they are offering some advice that I can use. But if it is done too soon, in a conversation, this can do more harm than good. And I have a feeling a lot of people don't know this. For people with anxiety like myself, and when I say anxiety, I'm not talking about the, the normal run-of-the-mill, um, I have a you know, physics tests come out next week and I'm really anxious, really nervous and I'm studying for it. Like that's one form of anxiety. But for people like me who literally cannot get through a day without anxious feelings, debilitating anxious feelings, mind racing, heart jumping out of the chest, for people like me, I value relationships and I value really good relationships. I have a small group of friends spread around the United States, spread across the United States that I've known from previous jobs, I've known from college, who I keep in contact with and we have some great discussions. That is what I need. I need those relationships that I can call up a friend and say, hey man, let me run something by you. This is how I've been feeling. Hey man, I just started this new anxiety medication. This is how it's making me feel. Hey man, I'm, 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 I'm feeling kind of depressed right now because of this. And the group of friends that I keep are the group that will listen to me and will validate my feelings. I'm not saying that I don't have one-off friends that I can just call just to have some fun with. I have those. But as I became older and older, I realized how much relationships meant to me. And just to be clear, I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm just talking about boyfriend, girlfriend, or married couples. I'm talking about friendships, family relationships. I'm talking about any relationship. And 
for the two people involved in this discussion, the person that is struggling with the anxiety or depression and the person who is acting as a friend, know this. One, the person with the mental health issue, make sure you do right by yourself and find good people to be around. It does you no good to continually ask people to do things that you're asking them to over and over again. It, it makes no sense to do that. If you're a younger person, you'll learn that as you get older. But please make sure that you are not asking the same person to do something over and over again that they aren't equipped or they aren't able to do or they aren't willing to do. If you're the friend in this and you really want to help your friend out who needs guidance, who needs assistance, who needs just a shoulder to lean on, just listen. Just validate. Be there for them. Check in on them. Call them. Send them a text. Tell them how much you appreciate them. That's something that guys have trouble with. I'll be honest with you. Women, you will tell each other how much you love them, how much you appreciate them, how much they mean to you. Men, on the other hand, we have a problem expressing feelings to our male friends. I'll tell you right now, the small group of male friends that I have have no problem expressing their feelings to me. I went on Twitter a few months ago, maybe a year ago, and just kind of came out and told everybody about my mental illness, about my anxiety and depression, about, um, you know, thoughts I had on suicide, things like that. And I had one of my best friends call me and tell me, Mark, I love you. One friend, one male friend telling his other male friend that he loves him. Now, that's special to me. And I wish more people would do that. I wish more people would reach out to those closest to them and say, hey, I was thinking about you today. I was just wondering how you were. Oh, and by the way, God, I miss you and, and, and I love you. You're one of my best friends and I love being your friend. How would that make you feel if either you did that or you received that? This world is crazy enough. We can talk for days and days on end about the things that's wrong with this world. But on a human interaction level, especially for people like me who live in a box every day, hearing somebody tell me, hey, Mark, I appreciate you. I love how you make me laugh, man. You're, you're, you're funny. And guess what? I, I'm so happy that we're friends. I love you, man. I can't wait to see you. Man, try that. 
if you hear this, just think of a person you haven't talked to in a while. Think of a person that you may know that has anxiety, a person that's nervous all the time, a person that's going through something, a person that may have lost a loved one, a person that may have lost a job, a person that may have been through something that you keep telling yourself, I need to reach out to them. I'm telling you right now, reach out to them. Text them right now. Send them a Facebook message. Tweet at them. Send them a DM. Do whatever you have to do. But reach out to that person and say, hey, I miss you and I love you. So why do this podcast? Why talk about this stuff? Why talk about my anxiety, my depression? Quick story on that. Probably about 14 years ago, I was driving a work vehicle, a work truck for a company that I worked for. I lived in Virginia at the time, but I was driving from Maryland to Virginia. And for all those that are familiar with the Beltway, I was driving from the 270 Spur onto the Beltway heading towards Virginia. I was in a work truck and I was um, traveling in the left lane going probably 70, 75 miles an hour. And I thought to myself, I could just jerk this wheel to the left really hard and run this truck into the median. And once I did that, once I wrecked this truck and I hurt myself, someone would have to listen. Now, I didn't do it. I can honestly say right now I was, I was close to doing it. But the thing that kept me from doing it was not hurting myself. I feared for what I might do to somebody else. I feared that I may go into oncoming traffic and kill somebody. I might sideswipe a car going my direction. I might injure a family that's in a car. I, I didn't want to take my depression out on somebody else. So I didn't do it. So I have a feeling that there are people in this world who are thinking just like so the question I pose to you is, what would you do if the closest person in your life, if a loved one, if someone came to you and said, hey, on the way home tonight, I wanted to wreck my vehicle on purpose so somebody would have to listen to me? How would you respond? Would you be mad at them? Would you feel bad for them? Would you try to get them help? What would you do? Most of us haven't been in that situation. But it's good to think about it because that might pop up tomorrow. How would you be a friend? So that's why I decided to do this show, this podcast. Because someone out there needs this. I needed this. But... 
I didn't get it until later in life, but I got it. I'm still here and I'm thankful every day for what I have. Now, I still go through therapy. I still take medication. I need to do more meditation. And I have to become more mindful of my feelings. So, the things I plan on talking about in future episodes are things like leading with anxiety for people out there who may lead teams and have anxiety. How to cope with anxiety. Personally, I use uh, music to cope with anxiety or depression. When I get really depressed, I have a, a, a group of songs, a set of songs I listen to. Also, I want to talk to talk about how religion has affected my anxiety. And I want to speak about how I finally came out to my family and my friends and talk about my anxiety and depression. But I just want to say thank you for listening. Hopefully you'll listen to future episodes. If you know somebody who needs help, please reach out to them. And if you are that person that needs help, please make a phone call, send an email, send a text. Get the help you deserve and need. And let's all be better for it. Thank you for listening. Relatively Normal is written, produced, and edited by me, Mark Paisant. And if you or anybody you know is in crisis, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 800 273 8255